Recently, we got an awesome listener question in, and yesterday we tackled the short answer to it. Should we ever pray like David did in at least one Old Testament psalm for God to hurt someone? Can we ask God to do that and turn the other cheek? Well, the short answer is no. It's a heart level issue, and that would still be us being vengeful. But that doesn't help us understand the context of that weird Old Testament stuff. Welcome. Hello, Hopeful. This is Roger Corvella. This is for the Hope's Always Be Ready segment, where we supplement our daily Bible read-through with a short exploration of an idea, something that relates to us thinking more strategically and biblically, and living more effectively as Sunday morning touches down on Monday morning. And sometimes we have questions and wonder about things, which is, of course, a perfect time to do an Always Be Ready segment, or get ready to answer someone else who might wonder. Let's go back to the passage I read yesterday, Romans 12, 19-21, and this time have in mind the context of loving your enemies. Friends, do not avenge yourselves. Instead, leave room for God's wrath, because it is written, Vengeance belongs to me, I will repay, says the Lord. But if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink, for in so doing you will be heaping fiery coals on his head. Don't be conquered by evil but conquer evil with good. Now, the context here, my friends, is doing good even to your enemy. And to argue his point, Paul quotes this important Old Testament passage where Moses is poetically and prophetically delivering God's voice when he says, and this is Deuteronomy 32, verses 35 and 36. Vengeance belongs to me, I will repay. In time their foot will slip, for their day of disaster is near, and their doom is coming quickly. The Lord will indeed vindicate his people and have compassion on his servants when he sees that their strength is gone and no one is left, slave or free. Now notice two things here. Paul quotes God, saying that justice for someone's actions will come from him, meaning God. And then, as now, there are eternal consequences to sin. When he says, I will repay, that means that we will receive what we deserve. That's perfect justice. And there is no more perfect justice than receiving exactly what you deserve. But secondly, also notice his promise of grace. And in a totally unfair exchange, as we now know, God offers mercy. He offers forgiveness for those who accept the free gift of life by accepting Jesus as Lord and Savior and repenting of our sins. So think about this timeline. In between Moses and the law, Deuteronomy in this case, and Jesus more than two millennia later, is David and Psalm 10. And now I'm going to give you a big concept and boil it down in a way that's probably oversimplified, but so that you can share it with your neighbor. The $4 theologian word is salvation history or redemptive history. In short, central to both the unity of the Bible and its theological interpretation is what is sometimes called sacred or redemptive history, but more commonly salvation history, and by any reading, salvation and history 
are both key facets of scripture. Now, to put it another way, and hopefully in an easier way to share it, people are accountable for what they do with what they have and know in their context. So David knows God is good. He knows God is just and merciful and a bunch of things. He knows that the Messiah is promised, but doesn't yet fully know what that will look like. More to the point, David praying that God would break the arm of his enemy like he did in Psalm 10, or any of the other passages in that era of Psalms and Old Testament stuff where you hear pleas for God to give a foe the divine smackdown, David is appealing to God's promise of justice to be fulfilled. Listen to that again, because that's what Paul is asking us to trust also. Friends, do not avenge yourselves. Instead, leave room for God's wrath because it is written, vengeance belongs to me. I will repay, says the Lord. But if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. For in so doing, you will be heaping firing holes on his head. Don't be conquered by evil, but conquer evil with good. So if we're actually nice to our enemies, what does that do? Well, it is actually a witness to them of their evil in a way, right? Of course, as Jesus followers, we also should tell them how they can be saved from sin and death, experiencing the full effect of God's mercy, being filled with the Spirit and new life, both now and forever. That is what God wants. As Peter put it, and this is important because this is us praying and living according to God's will. As Peter put it, What God wants is not wanting anyone to perish, but that all would come to repentance. Now, don't miss this final point. Another question you can tack on is, it doesn't make any difference what happened to David 29 years ago because we're all accountable for what we know. So the question is, what are you going to do with Jesus' offer? Should we ever pray like David did in at least one Old Testament psalm for God to hurt someone? Nope. Can we turn the other cheek and ask God to hurt them? Nope. And for a bonus, extra credit, if you will, there's one follow-on question you should always be ready to answer too. Jesus is all about love, right? I mean, there's no more judgment, right? We're supposed to just love people, right? Well, I'm glad you asked or imagined someone else asking that. We'll get to that tomorrow. I love you, my friends. Amen. Amen.